continue to talk about Christ our treasures, our little series we're doing. But today I wanted to speak to you on the treasure of life or the treasure of his life. Now, the treasure of Zoe. Uh, God has done something that is immeasurable uh, for all of us. It's immeasurable. And um, it's that God has given us his wealth, his wealth. His, his, he has given us what he values. And, and this is so big for me. I mean, I just get excited about the, the least little thing I learned from the Lord. I was reading the scriptures a few days ago, and uh, I saw something. I'd read the scriptures maybe 500 times, maybe 1,000 times. And I saw something I'd never seen, and I thought, what in the world? What in the world? Uh, I, it's amazing how rich God is. And those of us who love him are learning uh, about his wealth. But his wealth really can be summed up in one name, one person, and that is Jesus Christ. So that is God's wealth. And so let me just go through some scriptures, and I want to encourage you. Let me tell you, I want to encourage you because you and I are living in a day when we need encouragement. All right, we need encouragement. You may say, well, I'm doing fine now. Yes, but you may not be uh, tonight. And so we want, God will oftentimes encourage us um, before something happens. You know, he'll just give us such encouragement. And then, and I used to say, oh, Lord, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I whammo, that baseball bat hits you. And you go, oh, God, I'm glad you were encouraging me because maybe I would have faltered in some way. So let's look at God's encouragement. He's telling us how rich we are. In this world, we tend to uh, look at people, say like some of the rich people, Carlos Slim from Mexico, um, uh, Jeff Bezos is, uh, was the richest man for a few months, and then Elon Musk went around him, and uh, they just left uh, uh, Bill Gates in the shade. You know, just, you know, but if we were, had their money, we would think, oh, I'm rich. You may not be so rich if you had the money. You may be poor because you may have come to a place where you're trusting in that rather than in the living God. So God wants us to know just how immeasurably rich we are. So let's look at uh, Romans 5. We'll start in verse 6. For when we were still without strength, you know that word, when we were still without strength, yet without strength, we did not have the strength of God. We did not have overcoming strength. We may have had something natural, but it could not get us through the invisible attacks that the enemy was perpetrating against us. When we were still without strength, when we were in our sins, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. So Christ died for, not for the righteous, he died for the ungodly because there was nobody righteous, no, not one. Not truly righteous, no, not one. And God determined that he would save us from what we could not be saved from. It's very important that you and I know that. You know, if somebody were to say, I would give you a formula for gaining natural wealth, we would be so excited about it. What about God wanting us to know our true spiritual wealth, to show you how wealthy you really are? And so this is why we want to share this. So the Bible says Christ, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. 
not good people, sinners, bad folks, which we all were. You might say, well, I never was. Yes, you were. You just didn't know it. Or you, did, you hadn't fully developed yet. But you were. Verse 8, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners. There he goes again. We were still without strength, and now we were still sinners. Christ died for us while we were no good. While we were contrary to him. While we were opposed to his righteousness and his holiness. While, while there was nothing that God was that we wanted. And we were in the process of breaking his laws. His holy and righteous laws. And so God saved us through the death of his son. So, so, so big. I never get tired of hearing that. God saved me when I, when I didn't know I needed saving. God saved me. God loved me when I was unlovely. God loved me. I mean, when I think about those things, I am excited about a God who would think like that, a God who had wisdom like that. And as I've often said, there was no solution in the earth realm for us. Absolutely no solution. Can you imagine having a problem with no solution? And, and there was no solution. But Jesus Christ became and is and was our solution. In, in, in Romans 5, 9, he says, Paul says, much more than having now been justified by his blood. So, Paul, you'll, you'll find this uh, refrain in Scripture so often, much more, Paul says, much more. He is showing us by saying much more the superabundance of blessings that come from God, much more. Like he's already told you something really good, but he said, but much more. It, it reminds me of, of our son when he was a little boy. I don't remember how old he was, but he was something like that, and it was his birthday. You've heard this story, but it was his birthday, and a dear friend of my wife and our family friend Asking Marcus, uh, where are you going for your birthday? Yeah, McDonald's, he said, better than that. And, and, and she, she, she kind of chuckled and she said, why, Long John Silver? She said, better than that. And she named everything, even Whataburger, he said, better than that. And so she was, she was stymied. Where would a kid go? You know, you know, you know, was that Chuck E. Cheese or whatever? She said, but he said, better than everything was better than that. So she asked, well, where are you going? He said, to the king's inn. <laughs> uh, and so, and so it, it, it's just so amazing. So Paul is basically saying to all of us who are walking through this life and, and dealing with contrary things, he says, he says it's, it's better than, 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 than McDonald's. It's better than, than, than uh, Long John Silver's. It's, it's better than Whataburger. It, it's better than Chuck E. Cheese's or whatever, he says, you're going to the king's end. God has prepared something for you so great that the wonderful things of this life are no comparison. They, they, have, they, are, they cannot be compared. And this is what he wants you to know, much more than having been, all past tense, justified by his Christ's blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Justified. So those whom God has justified shall be saved from wrath through the same one who justified us. I don't know. This just, I mean, this is good, googly, woogly stuff to me. I mean, I mean, I mean, can you imagine? So Jesus Christ has saved us by his death on the cross, and he says, uh, has justified us, declared that we were righteous. Now, God has declared. It's a judicial decision. You cannot appeal beyond God. 
So any accuser cannot say, well, I appeal to a higher authority than God. Oh, you're going to be a crispy critter. There is no higher authority than God. And then he says, justified, declared righteous by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him, which means that it doesn't matter what goes on in this earth realm. It doesn't matter. You will never undergo the wrath of God. You, you can undergo tribulation. We've all undergone tribulation, but we will never undergo the wrath of God. So don't be worried about the last days. Oh, the wrath. No, never the wrath of God. Why? Because we've been justified by the blood of his son. Declared that we meet his approval. Wow, I love this. And then Paul goes on to reiterate some things. And sometimes it's just good to reiterate, you know, just say them again. Somebody said, well, I don't want to be redundant. Well, be redundant with me if it's good. You know, if you were to give me a million dollars and say, well, I don't want to be redundant. You know, I don't want to do it all over again. I don't want to bore you. Bore me, right? So, so be redundant with me with the word of God or reiterate. So, so for if we were... If when we were sinners, uh, enemies, I'm sorry, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Now, he's showing you something. If, if when you were an enemy, you didn't know you were so unrighteous, so ungodly, and God reached out and reconciled you. God, just in his infinite mercy, in his amazing grace, just reached out and took you out of the fires of hell. He did. That's what it means. That's, that's what he's, he's getting at. He says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. God gave his son over to death for enemies. How much more should we reconcile? My wife, a number of years ago, got a word from God. We must become skilled reconcilers. And, and so sometimes reconciling is not so easy for me. It's not so easy. Maybe it's easier for her, but it's not so easy for me. You know, if you've, you know, kicked my shins and slapped me up, upside of the head and then, and then did some, pushed me down in the mud, and then you say, I'm sorry. I say, ayuda me, Señor. <laughs> uh, help me, Lord Jesus. Keep my hands in my pocket. You know, but, but we must become skilled. God is the example of reconciliation, bringing restoring that which was lost and broken and errant, God reached out when we weren't re reaching toward him and, and said, hey, hey, look at me, look at me. I'm God. Come, come. And, and, and that's why what God wants us to be. Now, let me kind of sort of hurry up. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more. He said, there's something greater. If you were an enemy, much more having been reconciled He's going to do something greater than, than, as it were, reconciling in that we shall be saved by his life, he's saying. Much more we shall be saved by his life. And so what he's talking about is that the life that Jesus exemplifies right this very moment. Gee, can you think about it? Jesus is a man, a human like you and us, seated on the throne of God, yet fathered by God through the Holy Spirit, brought into a, a human existence by the Holy Spirit. And, and this amazing life is not bio life, biology, is zoe life. It's eternal life. It's an overcoming life, a life that nothing could beat. Not even death could beat this life. That's what he said. We'll be saved by that. So in other words, if you've got that one who has overcome everything, 
that needed to be overcome. It doesn't matter what it is. You name anything that needed to be overcome. Death was the most formidable enemy uh, that man had ever known because it didn't matter how strong you were, how righteous you were, how kind you were, how joyful you were, death beat you. And Jesus whipped it, knocked it out. And so he's showing us about this amazing life, overcoming life. We shall be saved by his life. We shall be saved by his joy, his life. And then Paul tells us in, five, in, in Romans 5.11, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see how indispensable Jesus is to everything? You can't even rejoice without him. Sometimes I just weep. I weep at the goodness of God. Now, what is this about? This is the treasure of his life. So God has given you matchless wealth. He has given you immeasurable wealth. Wouldn't it be amazing? Let's just say, let's not use a $100 bill as an example. Let's use $20 bills. But let's just say you had uh, a $100 billion $20 bills. You can just pull those things out. I mean, can you imagine? I think I want a soda. You know, I think I want a, a good uh, Papa Do's meal. You know, I, I mean, you go, well, what else could I want? I want a, a, a Harley Davidson. And you haven't even scratched the surface. So he wants you to understand that Jesus is is that immeasurable wealth. And even though I, I gave you an example of $100 billion, $20 bills, that's a pauper. Yeah. I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to be cute. You are still a pauper compared to those who have Jesus. Because the eternal, yes, the eternal, go ahead. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Mm. And so Jesus is this immeasurable wealth because you can measure it take you a long time, but a hundred billion $20 bills. You could still measure it, but Jesus is no measure. And it, it takes eternity for us to even start to get to know what he is and how rich he is and how rich we have become. It would, it would take an eternity. For all eternity, we will, will be exploring that. And so, since we have this immeasurable riches, these immeasurable riches in Christ, then let us begin to employ them now while we live here. That's why the Bible says things like no weapon formed against you can prosper. You are more than conquerors through him who loved you. That's why the Bible, Bible says when you go through the, uh, the, the waters, they won't drown you. Uh, you go through the fires, they won't burn you. They won't scorch you. You won't smell like a singed chicken. You, you, know, you don't smell like smoke. There's no smoke. <laughs> In your clothes, that's wealth. That's wealth. That's what God wants us to understand. And, and so these are the things that he values. He says, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received, past tense, the reconciliation. So you and I have already received the reconciliation. And reconciliation has to do with removing the enmity that stands between people and God. So you, you may say, well, I, I've never been hostile toward God. It was always in you. You may, you may not have seen it 
uh, fully developed, but it was always in you. So this, this enmity has to do with hostility. It has to do with hatred, ill will, a strong dislike. I was recently with someone who, who said, uh, let us pray. Uh, I would like to pray. And we were praying, and there were some people in the group that did not want to. They felt like they had been put upon, that, that somehow uh, they were taken advantage of because they were not Christians and they were defiant. And I saw a clear picture of enmity. It was, all, it was in all of us. It was in all of us. We didn't want God. That's why even sometimes when people uh, come to the Lord, they, they, they will start to look. And so we need people to say, baby, don't look over there. There's nothing but darkness over there. See, the, the way the, the, the enemy is, he just says, oh, just take one little step out into the wilderness. Take one little step out. You don't have to take two or three. Just take one out, and you can come back anytime you want to. But the problem is when you take one step out into that darkness, you're so turned, you don't know which way you walk in, and you can't walk out. So when God uh, did this amazing job of reconciliation, it was more than I can explain. Let me share with you from Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 um, through 28. He talks about, Paul talks about the mystery which uh, has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. So what Paul is saying is that you and I have knowledge and understanding. We have light from God that other generations didn't have. that you and I know things about God and his uh, plan of salvation that they didn't have. They didn't understand like you and I understand today. It's been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known. He willed that you would know something. What are the riches of the glory, or the wealth of the glory, of the, this mystery among the Gentiles? And what is this this thing that God calls riches, or this thing that God calls immeasurable wealth, Christ in you. Christ in you. It's like saying, man continually fails. No matter how good I am to him, he, his, his, his inclination I think it may have been A.W. Tozer or Andrew Murray, who I read this from many, many years ago, decades ago. But his tendency, as it were, is toward wilderness. It, it was, it's always toward wilderness. And so no matter what God did for man, his tendency was always toward wilderness. Raise up somebody, give, uh, you know, like David, follow, from following sheep. Raise him up from following after sheep. And put him over on the throne as a king over his people Israel. And he had a tendency every now and then. He... And so God says, okay, there's a solution. Christ in you. Christ in you. Yeah. Amazing. Immeasurable wealth. So because it is Christ, Christ is the one who overcomes everything that every other man of God, woman of God, prophet of God, king of God never overcame. Christ did. So he says, I'm going to put the spirit of this overcomer in you. That's made us wealthy. We're sons of God and wealthy sons of God, having amazing treasure within us. Wow. And, it, and it's all one word, his life. Wow. Mm, I'm, I'm excited. 
Paul says, him we preach. So that's why, one of the reasons why we have resolved to never preach things, but preach this man, Christ Jesus. Preach Christ Jesus. Start in Genesis. Preach Christ Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. And here he says, him, him we preach. Not about him. We preach him. Because when I preach love, it's him. Joy is him. Faith is him. That's what it is. Grace is the man. So how do we preach? Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. We warn and we teach that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Or we will pre present everybody, by, by preaching Christ, we'll pre present everybody mature in Christ Jesus. Christianity is not about getting therapy every Sunday or Wednesday. It's not at all. Christianity is about knowing one person, Jesus Christ. You can't even know the Father until you know Jesus. And when you know Jesus, then you can know the Father. Jesus says, uh, you, you know me, neither me nor my Father. That's what he told the Pharisees when they were confronting him. Let me hurry on. Um, Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin." And then it, it, that verse 12 is sort of sets us up that one man uh, sinned and then death spread uh, through sin and therefore death spread to everybody because you were in the loins of your father. We were in the loins of Adam when Adam sinned against God. We were in the loins, therefore we sinned. You say, but I didn't have anything to do with it. Well, okay, let's say you had nothing to do with it. Then why do you sin? Because you were in him. You were in him. And you, you were made as, as after, the, you, you may not have sinned, rather, after the, the similitude of Adam, but you have, not, you have also sinned. Then Paul tells us in Romans 5, 18, and all of these verses, could, you could, one could preach on them for an hour, on just one of the verses, and I'm trying to give you more. He says, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in con condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, speaking of Jesus, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Wow. So justification. This, this amazing word, justification. God, because of the life that is in you, God has declared. You have faith in that life. God declares you um, you righteous, and that you meet his approval. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. And this is so important in Romans 5.19 because this is different than the other verses in Romans that declare that you are righteous, that God made a judicial decision and says, you are righteous, you meet my standard, you believe in my son Jesus, and, and God has declared you righteous. And there is nobody that could declare you unrighteous because they cannot appeal beyond God. I remember a, num a number of years ago, I, I was talking to the Lord, and I was telling God about, oh, you know, what a good Christian I was. You, you do that stuff when you don't know any better. And I was, I was, I was quite young, and I was telling him what a, what a, a, a good Christian I was. And he, he, was, he, re he was rebuking me about something I had done or said. And, uh, and I said, well, everybody will tell me I'm a good Christian. Everybody would, uh, you know. He said, you have, a, you have come to the highest court in the universe. There are no appeals. Are you still with me? Uh, are you still with me? 
All right, super. Well, it's after three services, I guess you said it. All I got is an amen. <laughs> so, so now, rather than, rather than being just only declared righteous, now that's great. I'm grateful he declared us righteous. But now, through the process of sanctification, you and I going through troubles, difficulties, we are now being made righteous. This is amazing, and it's all because of the life that is in you now, that that overcoming life, that nothing that the enemy can throw at you can really upend you, cannot, can take you out of the, 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 uh, out of the hands of God. Nothing can pluck you, snatch you away from God, absolutely nothing. I know some people don't like when I say that. They say, yeah, but you, yeah, but you can pluck yourself. I said, no. If the Bible says nothing, it means not even you. Are you with me? I'm saying this life would not be the eternal life. It would not be the life of God if somehow I, for a moment, can be stronger than God. Even I can't be. You know, if we could, if we could lose our salvation, most of us who were here would be finished. You know, because we have done a lot of crazy things. You know, you said before, before Christ, B.C., yeah, yeah. After Christ, too, A.C. Are you still with me? Are you with me? I, I'm so excited. I love the scriptures. One day we should just come and we'll give everybody 30 minutes and then we'll have a little revolving and we'll all just listen to the word of God. So let me, um, let's go to verse 20. Um, he says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. You would ask yourself, why would God Bring in a law. Because if there's no law, there's no transgression. So then you, you're, you're sinning, but there's nothing that says you're wrong. Yes, but, but death is there, so you still die. But there's nothing. So God brought in the law so we would know how exceedingly sinful we were. For, for example, if, if there is no law that says thou shalt not covet, and you covet, I mean, What's the deal? Nothing, right? But if the law says you shall not covet, you, you violate God's law, and you still covet, you're bad. The law, the law says thou shalt not murder, but now you kill somebody. And God told you not to, and you did it. You're bad. So this, this is what I believe Paul is saying. He says the law entered that the offense might abound. That is, that you would really know how bad it was. But where sin abounded... Grace abounded much more. There he goes, much more. So then God has copiously given us grace. He has, he has generously given us grace. He has magnanimously given us grace. So whichever those words you want to, to, to look at, God has poured grace, grace, grace. So that no, no matter how sin proliferated, how it abounded, grace was bigger. Grace was greater. That's what he wants you to understand. And it's all resulted because of his life. So you and I, again, are God's repository. We are God's place of the storage of wealth. His wealth is Jesus Christ. And where is Jesus now located in this wealth? In your heart. This is so big for me. Wow, Jesus. Now let's go and look a little bit more, and then we'll, we'll find out an exit. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, now listen, so, so the big boy for sin was death. 
you know, the, souls that sin, the soul that sins shall die. And so all of us were sinners, so all of us had death working on us. But now that's not all of the story. Even so, so that as sin reigned in death, even so, grace might reign through righteousness to what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So death is defeated. Why? Because Jesus is alive. That's why we know that death is defeated, because Jesus is alive. Paul teaches us that where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, it was supreme. Even so, grace might reign through what? Righteousness. You and I are the righteousness of God in Christ. And, death might, and, and grace might reign through righteousness. Where, where does it take us? Where does it take us, Paul? Tell us. It takes you to eternal life. And if you, since you and I now have eternal life working in these mortal bodies, it says it takes us to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what that means is that our goal, the goal of God was eternal life. And right now we have what we call the earnest we have an, the earnest of the Spirit. If we are now in this life more formidable than sin is against us, so that no weapon formed against us can prosper, so that we are more than conquerors, what that means is we are super abundant conquerors. We are like so much more powerful than Samson or, or any other David or any other natural figure. We are much more. There's nothing that the enemy can do to destroy us. He cannot outwit us. That's powerful. So that is the life that is in you. You need to get acquainted with that life. I'll tell you, if somebody, I'm going to be done, I think, in a couple of minutes. Ah, I said that a couple of minutes ago. So, so this is it. I'm, let me just separate, uh, just end up everything. If you had a very wealthy relative, and you just found out you have this relative that has more wealth than Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Carlos Slim. He had more wealth than all of them. And that's your relative. He's been seeking you or she's been seeking you. Wouldn't you want to get to know him? I mean, don't, don't, don't be proud here. I mean, if you say no, that's a dumb answer. Say, say, yes, I want to know. They want to know me. And they've been trying to find me. Oh, yeah, I want to know them. You say, well, you don't want them just for, no, no, I'm going to love them fine. I'm not going to have any problem loving them. You, you're going to seek me out to share your abundance with me? And I'm not going to love you back? I'm going to love you. Well, that's God. We have a very wealthy relative. Elder brother. I want to talk about that elder brother today. I just don't have time. This elder brother, your, wealth, your wealthy relative, wants to share eternity with you and just bless you immeasurably forever and ever through his inexhaustible riches of his life. Of his life. That's what it's all about, joy that is unspeakable, peace that's incomparable. 
fullness, completeness. Show that you don't need anybody because you've got everybody in, in that you have him. That's what that looks like. So we love you. And we're going to come back in just a minute. May God bless you.